welcome to On and Off the Pitch. Hello and welcome to On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus. I hope you're well. Uh, today is Coffee and Chat, a review looking back at the FAWC results of the last round of games and actually looking at the next big game coming up in the league, which will probably be another London derby. When I say probably, it will be another London derby. Uh, we were due to actually speak with one of the LCL players today, but unfortunately they've not been able to make it, so I can't say who. That will just spoil it. It will spoil it. Yeah, it will spoil it. Anyway, um, we're going to look at the last round of games. We're going to talk about um, what it's like in terms of being in the championship, uh, chasing Liverpool, what it could be possibly like for those teams up and around that part of the, the league. And I've got a question, I've got a question, and it's linked to what's going on outside of football. The issue with Kurt Zuma and him kicking the cat and, and the video uh, of him kicking the cat and slapping the cat and the outrage that has followed him in terms of him being picked for, for in terms of selection by West Ham to play. But also I have a question which I'm going to pose a little bit later. Uh, but I want you to think about that. What it would it be like if it was someone you knew? But I'll, I'll expand. I'll expand a little bit, a little bit. Um, so last round of games, it's match day 15 out of 22. It's really strange when you say match day 15, because you just think so close to the end of the league, so close to the end of the season. You know, it won't be long before things are all wrapped up, all wrapped up, and then it will be the end. And I always ask the question, how can it be that that a, a, a league only has so many teams and we're, it, yeah, anyway, it's strange. Um, you know, in terms of the results, the games itself, they pretty much went the way for for Liverpool. Liverpool were were absolutely out of this world in terms of, of their stranglehold on, on the top of the table. It doesn't mean that they pulled away totally, but they're, you know, they're very, very dominant. Um, so looking at London City first, London City Lionesses uh, hosted Durham, tough tackling Durham. Um, and we would see a very strange game, you know, from the very beginning. It looked like London City Lionesses, LCL, for those who aren't sure, uh, had a, a good grip of the game. They were able to, you know, put into play their style of play, passing the ball well, moving the ball through midfield, etc., utilising the flanks as they do. Um, and, you know, they would uh, create a number of chances as well as the goal that they scored. The goal that they scored was very good, but not, they created quite a few chances. Primus with a couple probably could have, you know, tested the keeper in a, in a, in a sense of going either side. Really good link-up play uh, down the side by Muya. Very tricky on the ball. Balance is great, etc. cetera. Um, but this is a game that I, I don't believe, when you, if you saw the highlights and you look at the game, I don't believe they should have lost. I don't believe that they should have, in any way, shape or form, conceded the goals that they did. Unusual, unusual for a goalkeeper of Yanez's is, is capabilities to actually, one, drop across uh, that's coming into the box, uh, maybe under pressure, but un unusual for her to drop across and it go into the net. But the second goal that, that um, uh, LCL concede is, 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 a, is a long distance strike and, and she doesn't get close to it. And, you know, looking at those two things, you know, so together, I can't say in isolation, there was a moment before um, 
LCL conceded in the game, and it might be in the highlights, where they're playing out from the back and Yanez misplaces the pass. And it's kind of a misplace, but passes it out to a former player. Now, I don't know if that, that kind of startled her, kind of shook her concentration for a moment, but from then it just seems really bizarre. They nearly conceded at that moment. Um, it could have, they could have conceded really because uh, you, you passed the, the ball out to a striker from that position. They really should score. They didn't, but I'm I'm pinpointing that moment as, a, as, as the moment when things kind of slightly unravel in terms of confidence. Durham being Durham, you know, they play their style. They're very direct. They play good football. They're constantly putting you under pressure and they did that in the game. And they took their chances well and they created chances out of nothing, really. It's particularly the first goal, which again is a cross dropped into the net. And then the confidence it improves for Durham, ebbs away for London City, and the game drifts away from them. And, you know, just looking at, I mean, just looking at the table itself, you know, Durham are sitting third. They're, you know, they're 25 points. Um, same points as London City Linus. This would have been a very good game for the London City Linuses to win. If they had, they would have gone, you know, further up the table, probably pushed up into second, back into second. Um, they have a game in hand as well. So they will be kicking themselves at this point. You know, they will be very reflective. They will think about what could have been, um, what could have been in terms of where they will want to see themselves at the end of the season. And just listening to the post-match comments I, I saw on Twitter, um, the audio from LCL TV, um, Mel's views. He said, this, this, is the, this result is not the end of their run and the result doesn't define them and they're going to keep moving forward. True. I would say that's very, very true. But it's very much kind of a, you know, when you're walking along and you trip and you stumble and you think, what happened there? You're in the groove. You're in your mould. Um, I would. I was very surprised to see um, the goals that LCL conceded go in in the way that they did, considering how they played so far this season. Liverpool will be confident from that. Liverpool will look at that and think there was a slight blip. They've moved on. The gap has increased, and there's the pressure. And it was a. It was a comment. Um, which was made um, by the Liverpool manager when I spoke to him last time. And said, you know, if they don't do well, the pressure is then heaped onto the chasing pack. And with, you know, match day 15 and this, out of 22, the pressure is definitely on in terms of what's going to happen going forward. The next few games will be very, very interesting. But this was a, a, a result, even though people will say Durham, oh, they're really difficult team to beat. I would say that LCL have the capabilities um, to match Durham on any day. And they will probably look back on this game and think, should have taken all three points. It should, they should have taken all three points in terms of um, their position in the league and what they want to do going forward. But, you know, stepping back from that and looking at the league overall, it's been a very good season so far for them. They played really good football. There was a good core of players and they have recruited as well to the to the, to the cause. So um, definitely we'll see what's going to happen for them going forward. But in terms of in the, looking back at the last game, they will not necessarily be happy with the way things turned out for them and how they let three points get away. Technically, they let three points get away and um, 
they will definitely be kicking themselves in the shin or in the shin pads. Um, definitely doing that. Uh, one particular game uh, did not take place. That was Blackburn Rovers versus Lewis. That game was postponed and that will take place at a time to be, to be determined, apparently. Um, another look at a team in London, London teams, good and bad. Uh, well, say London, you never know. Uh, Charlton and Watford, both mm, geographically London, yes. Uh, Charlton really doing well. Um, you know, three goals to the good against Watford. Watford, um, despite losing this game, will kind of look over their shoulder and feel comfortable because of everything that's happening to Coventry. You know, it looks like they are, will survive in terms of their league position. You know, Coventry are on minus four. Watford have seven points in the bag. So it is definitely, you know, a much more comfortable feeling, even though they lost by three clear goals. Goals which were scored, uh, which, you know, consider the comparative ease, but scored well enough for them to kind of think we're comfortable. So Charlton are doing really well. Charlton will feel um, that they've got their, their season back on track now. They're sitting second. You see how a few weeks ago, they a few blips and it, it wasn't necessarily going there where they're sitting second on 26 points. You know, um, a goal by Lou Roche in, in, in the first 10 minutes and, and uh, Sulola, two goals, 33 and 40 minutes. So the game is literally finished in the first half for, for Charlton's point of view. They, they shut up shop or they fail to score more in the second half. But it's, it's, it's good. It's a good game for them. And so far, it does look good in terms of season going forward. Now, it, so we can talk about Liverpool. It's Liverpool. The, the gap is huge. The gap is huge. I'd say, you know, it's 10 to 9 points is huge. But this, this league will be so much more interesting if there were more than one, one team going up. You know, if there were two teams going up, which is kind of linked to the WSL expansion conversation I had in the previous pod chat where, you know, they, you know, certain WSL managers say, oh, you know, wouldn't it be great for the, the neutral? Well, yeah, it would be, but it would also be great for the teams. And, you know, looking at this league, looking at the teams in this league and Liverpool, obviously outright in terms of their position right now where they are in the league, Charlton have demonstrated that they have got um, a good bunch of players there and they can push forward. Durham obviously have been there and thereabouts in the last few seasons. London City Lionesses are there. You know, Crystal Palace in fifth, definitely. They've had a bit of a blip and they definitely had a blip in, 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 in this round of games. We'll talk about that in a little while. Uh, and, you know, even Bristol, you know, with 23 points on the board. So there was a range of teams in the championship that, that, that could do well. Uh, or do well enough back in, in the WSL. But I think there needs to be, and, and it's very easy to say, there's got to be investment. You know, it's, you know, we're in a very difficult time, you know, in the real world beyond football. The next few years are going to be difficult in terms of families and how they spend their money, energy bills, etc. I mean, that's got nothing to do with football, but it's, it's a real world issue. And where money is tight, do you expect businesses to invest in, in football where there isn't necessarily the revenue coming in from punters, customers, clients, call them what you will, fans, supporters, etc. So there is, a, there is a fine balance to be had. And I think that, the, that when people talk about expanding the league and they say the business model, sometimes I think you have to think beyond it being business and is it going to be an altruistic view 
as we're doing it for the betterment of the game because we, we want it to grow and it isn't just about the money at this moment. We're trying to think about how we can support them. But anyway, I've gone off on a tangent, but you know what I mean. You know, it, it's something there and thereabouts. So for, you know, in terms of the results, Charlton definitely doing really, really well. Um, they've put themselves, in, you know, definitely in, in, in the discussion. And there are a few games to be played, obviously, which the gap could close, but I doubt it very much. It, it's Liverpool's league to, league to lose at this moment in time. It's Liverpool's league to lose. Um, and the way they're playing at the moment, I don't see that happening. So it's, a, it's, it's very much about how much are the chasing pack going to entertain one themselves to their fans three everyone else for them for everyone to talk about yeah maybe we should look at expanding the wsl by being more inclusive to the championship possibility so you know in terms of that in that viewpoint it would be very much interesting in terms of how those teams fare going up but from a you know, kind of fan point of view, it would be very interesting to see those teams go up. So definitely interesting to see Liverpool go up. Um, they'd be missed in the WSL, um, but also a couple of London teams. Why not? Who could be up there? It could be Charlton. It could be London City Linuses. It, it could be Crystal Palace. You know, why not? Uh, and it, it will all depend on what that looks like at the end of the season, where they sit, second, third, and fourth, etc. Elsewhere in the round of games, Sunderland to Sheffield United to, uh, I was listening to the Twitter space podcast for Sunderland Lasses. Uh, one of the, the, the individuals on there said that they would have a 2-2 or 3-3. Three, three. Um, I'm sure they said that. Maybe I've got that wrong. But I did say that Sweetman Kurt would score a couple of goals. Um, yeah, so the, close enough. Sweetman Kurt did get a couple of goals. <laughs> Uh, so it made it made the, the game all the more interesting. So it was it was really really good. Two teams that are you know kind of doing wellish in the league. They're very close to one another in terms of position. Um, Sheffield United a few more points on, on the board um, than Sunderland, um, but you know goals spread spread across both halves. You know first ten minutes, uh, um, uh, Abby Joyce, who is. Is is for me a really energetic player, uh, really good on the ball, moves the ball well, very direct, and goes in space, very combative, um, lass uh, for Sunderland, uh, and Manders uh, with the second goal for them, and Sweetman Kirk with goals on the twenty fourth and seventy fifth minutes. I don't actually find time, you know, being a commentator, football pundit, you know, media, media darling. Uh, and then playing football, she's just really, really good to see that, that the balance that she has in terms of the professional life, both on and off the pitch, is, is great. And, um, you know, go Courtney. Courtney. Uh, so good. But in terms of a game, all even, all square, two goals each. Um, it does nothing really for either team. They're still in that middle and part table. What will happen for both teams going forward will determine in terms of the recruitment, which players they retain, who moves on, um, what their plans are for next year, and whether or not they feel that they have the financial clout to bring in players of a certain calibre, or are they going to go down the uh, it, promoting the youth route? Uh, and I don't see why not, to be honest, because uh, there's plenty of talent in, around there and people just need to be given the opportunity. And um, you just never know who which teams will 
will, will kind of attract players elsewhere. Um, and, you know, just as an offshoot, we're going to talk about them in a minute. Coventry, what's going to happen to them if they don't survive, you know, in terms of the players? Uh, it's going to be really difficult um, for them going forward. And we've already seen one of their players uh, go on and play for, for, for Durham you know, uh, uh, running the line for them up there. Um, so that's that's going to be a very difficult shout. Uh, in, in terms of, of, gosh, you know, Coventry, what can I say? Coventry. Um, I, I want to talk about them first because when you think about the, the way that the year started, they, they were on everyone's lips. Everyone was talking about them. Everyone was concerned about them etc what was going to happen and it's probably still the same you know people are really concerned but they really haven't had a good run of when they've seen the last few games this year it's just not gone for them at all considering the amount of talent that they they pulled in they attracted they recruited you know so they've got katie wilkinson etc they had um molly green you know with experience and charlie escort as well um so you know, it's 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 going to be interesting to see what happens to to that group of players um, at the end of the season, where they go, how they fit, and what's going to happen to Coventry. Um, stepping into kind of the weekend just past, and, and in terms of the game, um, it pretty much done and dusted uh, from Liverpool in the first half. I don't know if they took took it easy a little bit on Coventry in the second half whether or not Coventry had more resolve. But the goals um, in the 13th, 38th and 45th minutes um, pretty much sealed, sealed it for, for Liverpool. Uh, Taylor Hines, uh, the left-footed uh, defender who is able to step forward into midfield and strike the ball cleanly with her, her right foot is, is something to behold. Really good strike. Not a, not a swing and um, hope, but, you know, a shot with purpose. Uh, a good, good goal. And uh, Leanne Kernan showing how lethal uh, she is in front of goal and just just a really accomplished and balanced player uh, with an eye for goal and just looks like she could just get better and better and better. Um, they've got a real good bunch of players at Liverpool that know how to play football, that are combative, that are skillful. They have a really solid approach. Um, you know, I commented last time when I actually saw a Liverpool play against Crystal Palace that you can watch a team on, on, on TV or the FA player, as you will, and you might think, oh, this player is really, really good. And I, it's the first time seeing Rachel Furness play live. And I was just like, whoa, wow. This, like, okay. Just totally, you know, really good player. Um, involved. Um, wants to be on the ball all the time, shows her players, has an awareness of, of her teammates and a, a, a potent threat um, from corners, free kicks, etc. So, you know, just, it is Liverpool's league to lose. It's just so, it's like the procession right now. It really is. You're just expecting people to start throwing confetti and say the league is theirs, they're being promoted. Um it's going to be interesting. So between now and the end of the season, you know, it, I'm keen to see whether or not they drop points. Um, 
whether or not they change their style of play, not that they will, but to see if they start to, 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 to tinker with things. Um, how many goals that they score. There's so many things. I mean, I'm just, because they're, they're such a good outfit, such a good outfit. Um, but to, to end it with, with Coventry, again, um, it's, you know, say the concern was there at the beginning of, of this year in 2022. Um, it's still there in terms of, of how they fare going forward on the pitch, what's going to happen for them. Will they get the points that they need to actually survive uh, difficult and their appeal against the the ten point deduction um, was uh, you know not fruitful. Didn't bear any benefits for them. Um, their pleas fell on deaf ears. Yeah, it's again we talk about the procession in terms of going forward for Liverpool in terms of them being uh, potential winners for, for Coventry. It will take a monumental collapse by any of the teams above them for, for, for them to survive. It will take something earth shattering for that to happen. It's not saying it couldn't, but it's, yeah, I'd say it's, it's virtual. It's, 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 it's almost a, what you call a Ethan Hunt mission impossible. Um, don't know how that's gonna work out for them. Not at all. Um, and so we get to um, the other London team um, who, who were away in the return fixture uh, against Bristol. And uh, Bristol, in their first game, uh, didn't find their, 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 their first game in the FAWC a great one. They did lose by a couple of goals. Very, And it was convincing. Um, but they um, hosted Crystal Palace and they not only did they reversed the fixture, but they, they went one better by not conceding any goals. So, you know, Bristol scored four goals to, to Crystal Palace's nil, uh, a, a scoreline that Crystal Palace have suffered uh, not too far in, in the distant past against Liverpool, but this time they do it on the road. Uh, Chloe Bull O'Connor scores within the first minute. Um, Abby Harrison, uh, with two goals, one on the 15th and one on the 82nd minute, and Amy Palmer uh, on the 54th minute. So, you know, really, really convincing, solid performance by Bristol. Um, super happy in terms of the way that they've kind of pulled together. They seem to be really together. Um, Mel Johnson and uh, Abby Harrison, um, combination looking really good, especially for Harrison, getting those goals. Uh, Mel Johnson, message to you. Come on, man. Where are the goals, man? Uh, but your know, three points uh, in the bag for Bristol, really, really good. Crystal Palace. Um, wow. You know, they had a really good result last week. They showed a lot of fight in, in terms of their comeback uh, in their last round of games where they, they scored goals, good goals, good team goals. Um, against Lewis and they they, they had a 3-1 win. Um, uh, this game was a, a return to slight indecision um, from them around the back, um, being able to, not being able to cut out the pass, the one-twos, uh, not being able to track uh, runners, um, which was kind of evident in the first 45 minutes in the last game, but definitely in this game. Um, again, you know, uh, Crystal Palace have had a good season. Crystal Palace have done really, really well this season. They're sitting fifth 
you know, they're they're slightly ahead of Bristol by point. They're, they've got 24 points. Bristol have 23. Uh, Bristol have a game in hand, so they could overtake them, you know, if, should they be successful in, in, in that fixture. Uh, but it's it's kind of balanced out for them and it, it's gone one way for one team at the beginning and it's gone this way for Bristol at this point of, of the season. So really, 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 really strong result for, for Bristol. They will be happy. The fans were definitely happy. Uh, the Vixen cast people were definitely happy. Respect. Respect. Um, but it's all about what happens going forward. Um, there was a rumour, actually, um, <laughs> said rumours. There was a rumour in January that, that when Man United were looking at players, they, they actually thought, oh, I did see a rumour, something probably just on Twitter, which is a rumour, could be anything, uh, that they were kind of looking at Amy Palmer again to go back and be part of their squad. You know, I think if you, there's, there's a certain thing that happens in football where you think if you're with a team and you leave and you go on loan and then you do really well on loan and you go back and then the manager doesn't use you at all, doesn't use you at all and you're there and then you're then sold you know your contract expires and you go to another team and then you do really really well and the team and the team that you just left who never used you then go oh you know would you like to come back I would say don't do it you know I would say, I would say don't do it you know in the Premier League it's really really strange that some players managers go back to clubs they, sh they should never go back to because it didn't work. And if it didn't work the first time, then it's not going to work the second time because the image that the, the club have of you is the one that they had of you the first time. What they see when you leave is something that they yearn for because it's in the distance. But the minute it gets closer, they revert back to type and they have the same mindset they had with you because you're, you're back in the fold. So, you know, Amy Palmer being at Bristol, uh, being the captain of Bristol, developing a game at Bristol. Bristol is a good club. Bristol is a really nice place to live as well. So, you know, depending, you know, not even depending, regardless of whether you're in the championship or not, or if in the WSL. I mean, if you're playing at Bristol and you're and you like what you're doing there, um, stay. Don't go. Just don't go at all. Just build. Stay where you are. And a lot of people say, oh, Bristol is not really attractive. It's, it's a solid club. You know, they're doing well. They're fine. They're doing well. Uh, uh, shout out to uh, Satara Murray. Solid. As I say, respect. Um, definitely. Definitely. So that's the roundup of the, the, the FAWC Championship Games. It's, it's, it's a very interesting league. I've already said that I love it. Always have. Um, but at this point in time, with all of the fixtures that are yet to be played and all of the fixtures that have been played so far, it is Liverpool's league to lose. They have been by far the most imperious team in the league. They have 35 points. They have scored a certain amount of goals. And they've not blown teams away, you know, like other seasons where you might have had Leicester or Man United have gone, oh, we're going to blow you away and score this many goals. They're just playing good, solid football. They're doing enough. They're doing enough. They're getting the wins. They're getting, you know, they're getting what they need to do done and they're in a very good position. And 
They're taking it one game at a time, very, very key. And I reflect back to the conversation again that I had with Matt Baird, where he was talking about the analytics that they use and the video prep that they use on their oppositions for the next game, game by game, what they need to do, working out teams that high press and don't high press. And knowing that, if other managers are aware of what Liverpool are doing, then they need to think, well, if we already high press, we may have to tinker what we do when we play them. And I know a lot of teams will say we won't change our game. But sometimes I think we've, you know, to to be armed with the knowledge is better than not to be armed. And then if you know, then you have to say, well, we're going to have to try and change something, or at least have a plan B and a plan C, at the very least, at the, at the very least, have a plan B and a plan C. So look, the question that I had at the beginning it was about the Kurt Zuma thing and kicking the cat and. Um, you know, this is a question that I actually wanted to ask. Um, and it was actually, I was meant to speak to Hayley, Hayley Nolan, actually, sorry, Hayley. Um, and this is the question that I have for, for fans of the women's game. If it wasn't Kurt Zuma that kicked the cat in the video, if it was someone, imagine we, we, we could swap out someone who you'd think, what would, the, what would the fallout be if it were a player within the WSL or if it were a player in the championship, the FAWC, as I say, the women's championship, or that, what, what, would, what would the fallout be if it were one of those players that were seen in a video kicking a cat and slapping a cat? What would happen? What would happen? Because there's a lot of talk about, you know, him being fined heavily and him not being picked and... Some are saying that he should have his contract terminated, et cetera, et cetera. But I just wanted to see um, what would happen if we were to swap out Kurt Zuma for a moment and put a female footballer in that scenario and say a female footballer of a top club or a championship club or a European club was seen on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is, whatever platform, Kicking a cat, slapping a cat, what would be said by the club? What would be said by the players? And what would be said, you know, by the, the fans? You know, how would, how would the fans view a player that they knew, that they played with? How would they view them in the dressing room? What would they say to them? You know, they may be cat lovers themselves. They may have pets themselves. How do they, what would they say? You know, and I'm just trying to gauge a comparison in terms of what happens in the men's game where there is pretty much um, a yobbish kind of view. And people won't like me saying that, but I'm calling it as it is. It's nothing new. There's no, no there's no, just because it's called a Premier League doesn't mean it's, you know, Eton or Cambridge. It's, it's, it is what it is. And even Eton, people from Eton or Cambridge are yobs. You've only got to look at the Houses of Parliament. Come on. Order, order. You, know I mean? <laughs> you do know what I mean. You do know what I mean. Um, so there is that. So there is, so there is that. So what would it be like? What would it mean if a football player from the WSL, from a top European team, the women's league from the championship women's championship 
if they were seen on video kicking or slapping a cat, what would happen? What would the view be? You know, how would it how would it change? All right, so that's one question. So we'll leave that, we'll bank that. Um, now, in terms of the comments raised earlier in the week about the WSL expansion, again, I'll ask the question, and I'll ask the question for the championship fans. What does it mean to you when you hear that talk? What does it mean when you read? So what does it mean? Let me change that. I'm sorry, rephrase it. How do you feel? What is the emotional reaction you have when you hear journalists talk about the WSL expanding? Are you an afterthought? Are you, do you feel as if you're not really considered in any kind of real conversation, which is about change, which is about improving the game? How do you feel? What is the emotion? I'm, I'm very, very interested to find out because I'd be intrigued as to, to, to what it would be like for players in a championship team to just read that constantly and not actually be included in the conversation within the national press in a certain way in the expansion because it's, you know, it's almost like an after, it's almost like the Cinderella effect, you know, we'll talk about those that go to the ball, but you're not really in the conversation. I know, I jest. No, I don't, I don't just, I generally do want to know. I generally do want to know. Anyway, look, um, we've come to the end of our little pod chat review of the FAWC. Little coffee and chat. I did have a, I did have a coffee, blimey, look. Mm. Oh, escaped me, that did. Right, so uh, that's it for this uh, little round of pod chat, pod chattery. Uh, I will be back, hopefully, no guarantee, you, you live one day at a time, uh, next week with a little review of the last or the next round of games from the WSL and the FAWC to see um, <laughs> to see what's, as they say, what's guanin. So anyway, this is On and Off the Pitch. I'm Rodney Cyrus, and until next time, laters. I just want to watch the game.